Christmas. Don't you just love the season? I love it. I've got young kids, and so I get to experience every Christmas through the eyes of a young child, through the eyes of the excitement, the hope, the wonder, the bigness, the Christmas trees, the expectation, the, the hope for a future present that's sitting under the tree and hoping that I won't disappoint. I get to experience this every Christmas, and I absolutely love it. Do you remember when last you just stood in wonder of something. I remember going back a few years ago, sorry to tell a story about me, but just to, uh, just to remind us of this moment of wonder, and maybe it'll jog some of your memories, but I used to lead a church called South City along with Jax, and uh, we had this incredible privilege about 12 years ago of standing on an open piece of land, and uh, as we stood there, it was, there was a string demarcating an area where foundations were going to go for a new 750-seater auditorium, which was going to reach the south coast of KwaZulu-Natal, which is where we had the privilege of leading South City Church. And as we stood up there in this open field, all grass, I had a shovel in my hand, and I had a handful of people around me that had bought into the mission, that had enjoyed this moment in the supply of God's funding in order to be able to do this. And as we prayed, as we worshipped, as we sang, as we high-fived one another, as we celebrated, I was able to put that spade into the ground and turn the first piece of soil. What a moment. And I can remember it so clearly. The awe, the wonder, the speechless, being speechless for a moment, the excitement, the community that I got to share it with which then progressed very quickly into cheering and, as I'd said, high-fiving and clapping of hands and, again, breaking into song and dance just at the wonder of what God had done. This small group of about 80 people that had been in a small building in Margate being able to be able to find a spacious piece of land, to be able to put up a 750-seater. And I want to tell you, it was just seven months later that we were able to have our first worship service. Absolute wonder and amazement in that moment. I wonder if you have forgotten what it is to stand in awe, if you have forgotten what it is to wonder, if you've forgotten what it is to hope, if you have forgotten what it is, if you have lost sight of your future. This Christmas, our desire as we go through the series from now on, uh, coming out of a text which I'm about to read to us, I trust that we will inspire, we will ignite again, we will turn your attention to these three words, wonder, hope, and future, that we would ignite the passion of Christmas again, the Christ coming, God becoming man to be with us, not only to be with us in order that we may be with our Father in heaven for all of eternity. Luke chapter 1, verses 46 to 50, we're going to read it. And uh, as we get into this, what has taken place is the angel, uh, angel Gabriel has come to speak to a lady, a young lady called Mary, to say, you have been the one that has chosen to carry the Messiah, to carry Jesus Christ, the one who is going to be Savior to all of humanity. And in this moment, there's an interaction, and then we pick up with Mary's response. In uh, chapter 1 of Luke, verse 46 to 50, it says this, and Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for He has been mindful of the humble state of His servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. 
from now on. I absolutely love these words. They are so definitive. They are like a line in the sand phrase because it speaks of a then and a from now on. And all of us have this choice that we get to live by. We get to choose to be people who live in the then, what we once were, or the from now on. And this is the story that Jesus invites us into. This is the story of Christmas, the birthing of Jesus and the story that it becomes and that we get to be a part of. And so I am so grateful for these words, from now on, all people will call me blessed, Mary says. And we get included into that same story from generation to generation from now on, people get to call me blessed. From now on, my life is blessed. See, we can live in the pain of the past. We can live in the offense of the past. We can live in the unforgiveness of the past. We can live in the mistakes of the past. We can live in the sin of the past. Or we can choose to receive Jesus Christ. We can choose to take hold of the great Christmas story and the great Easter story of His birth and of His death and resurrection, and the life that we get to live. We can live in the from now on of the Savior, Jesus Christ. From now on, the blessing of God. 1 Peter, uh, 3, chapter, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18 says this, Christ suffered and died for sins once and for all, the innocent for the guilty, to bring you near to God by His body, being put to death and by being raised to life by the Spirit. What is this Christmas story? Well, it's the story of the birth of Jesus Christ, God becoming man, the anointed one, the one whom the Spirit of God would sit upon, the one upon whom the Father would accept the sacrifice for all of our sins. And as we read here, Christ suffered and He died for sins once and for all to bring us near to God. Christ died for our sins. Wonder. Christ died for our sins, hope. Christ died for our sins, a future. From now on, no longer living in the then, but living in the from now on, a hope and a future ahead of us. Have you ever had someone stand in, uh, in the gap for you to, to take ownership of something that was actually rightfully due you? We have this experience all the time in our home. Uh, our eldest boy, Jed, he is quite a rambunctious young child. He's, he's strong, and uh, I, I, many times he doesn't know his own strength, but there are many times that he uses his own strength for his own selfish uh, gain in order just to exert it and lord it over his brothers. Now, Rourke is uh, the, our, our second son and absolutely loves Jed. And there are many times when we hear Rourke in absolute agony and pain as he has taken some kind of a physical, am I, 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 don't, I can't say beating because that would be the wrong word, but some kind of physical pain from his older brother Jed. And as the wrath of his father, Richard, walks down the passage to, to sort Jed out, Rourke steps in in front of him and says, Dad, it was my fault. Jed didn't know I was there. And he takes it all upon himself. And because Rourke steps into that moment, what can I do but turn away knowing that it was rightly due Jed, but Rourke stepped in and said, it was all my fault. It wasn't Jed's fault. He does that all the time. And Jed gets to escape the wrath of his father because of Rourke stepping in for him. 
That is our wonder. That is the wonder of the Christmas story. As Rourke, the brother, steps in for Jed, his brother, so our brother, Jesus Christ, steps in for us. He, he steps into the wrath, the path of the wrath of our Father, rightly due us for our sin, and yet is able to, to turn to his other son, Jesus, and say, all right, I accept the sacrifice that you've made. We get to escape it. This is the wonder of 1 Peter 3.18. This is the wonder of the gospel. Can we capture the wonder of this again, this Christmas? Can we again capture the wonder of our salvation? Maybe you are engaging in this online and you have never experienced the wonder of the salvation. You've never put your trust in Jesus Christ, God become man, the one who paid the price for our sin, what was rightly due us. Maybe that is not your story yet. May, may today, may this engagement be an invite to you to put your trust into Jesus Christ in His saving power that the wrath of God, the wrath of our Father may be turned from you for all eternity and therefore you have a greater hope and a greater future. I wonder if we can just look at these words, a wonder, hope, and a future, and just take a few minutes to uh, be reinvigorated and inspired by them again. As we look at Mary and her response, says, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. We look at her wonder. See, glorifies means to praise or to worship to describe or to represent as admirable. And rejoice, rejoices means to feel or show great joy or delight. I don't know about you, but I know how I show delight. And uh, most, most often it's with me watching sports. It's, it's something that I enjoy to do. But whatever it may be for you, you can put yourself into the same situation. But I know that when a goal is scored, I am jumping up and down. I'm high-fiving the person I'm watching with. I am, uh, if I'm at a stadium, I'm blowing my fuvuzela. I'm shouting at the top of my voice. I'm dancing. When I want to rejoice, when I want to delight, if it's not uh, around uh, watching sport, maybe it's around eating, I will always. We do it around food. We do it around drinks. We do it around friends. We want to tell friends of the good news. We want to have friends over to celebrate. That's what delight looks like. I think for too many of us, we've forgotten what delighting means. If I can call out the British here, maybe, and, and I know that this is, uh, there are hooligans that watch soccer, uh, apparently, in, in the UK, but possibly the, the, uh, the mental image we may have is this of, of someone British going, oh, jolly good, old chap, and moving on. That is not what we are. We are African. We go to drum beats. We go to fuvuzelas. We go to ululating. We go to all weekend parties. That's what we do. That is what is in our blood. That is how we celebrate. And I think we have forgotten the wonder, the delight, the praiseworthiness of Jesus and salvation and what it is that you have, what it is that I have, a hope and a future because of Him. May I call you to that. When we look at glorifiers, it means to praise someone. I'm sure you are like me. I hate fake praise. I hate it when someone gives me a backhanded compliment. I hate it when they're trying to get into my good books and say something which I know is not true and they know is not true. How much more our God? Do we often just engage in services? Do we engage around tables and do we give God fake praise? Do we lift up our voices? Do we give Him lip service? Do we give Him backhanded compliments? Do we try and bargain with Him? That's not what the wonder of Christmas is about. It's not the wonder of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. How much more do we need to recapture 
the wonder of Christmas. Let's look at hope. And we, as we just take Mary's words, and she's in this moment, and the angel Gabriel has spoken to her, and she says, The mighty one has done great things for me. The mighty one has done great things for me. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says this, But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. It is true that there are some people who have no hope, but it is not us who know Jesus. We are a people of hope. As Jax once taught us, we plant our hope, and in e we plant our hope in eternity, and if it is planted in eternity... Nothing here can rob us of our hope. Too many of us have forgotten what it's like. I don't know if over this coronavirus time you have uh, done a bit of online shopping. Uh, if your experience is similar to mine, this is what we hope for. This is probably something like the process. We, we make payment and we go, I hope the payment makes itself to the right place. Then we say, I hope that the gift or the present or whatever I've ordered is actually going to arrive. Then we go something like this. When it does arrive, oh, I hope that it looks like the picture that I ordered it from. Then we go, well, I hope that it fits like I hope it fits. And too often we are left disappointed in one of those four areas. And what happens over time is we start to diminish our, our earthly experience of hope. Starts to shape our eternal hope. Starts to shape our true reality of hope. And so what we want to be called to is actually this eternal hope. Those of us that trust in Jesus, He's been raised to life again. We are not to be pitied because we know that there is the resurrection. And so we have a great hope planted in eternity. And therefore no earthly circumstance can rob us of hope. The wonder and the hope of the Christmas story of Jesus Christ, God incarnate. God becoming man in order that we may know our Father in heaven, and come to know Him. I wonder, as we go forward, have we forgotten, do we not live with the conscious memory of Jesus' resurrection and what that means for us? Of a hope, of a future, of a life forgiven, of life forevermore, of the gift of the Holy Spirit. Maybe I can just take this moment, maybe you've never received the gift of the Holy Spirit. See, the Scriptures teach us that as we put our trust in Jesus Christ, so the Spirit of God comes as a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. And furthermore, the Spirit of God leads us and guides us and gives us gifts from heaven. And so I, I want to pray for us now. Maybe just take this moment, if you have never received the Spirit of God, would you open your hands where you are right now? Spirit of God, we want to thank you that you do not withhold yourself from us for those of us that eagerly seek you and desire you. And so right now, to every man and woman with their hands raised that desire to be filled by you right now because of the finished work of Jesus Christ, I would pray, Spirit of God, that you would come upon them and that you would start to shape the desires of their heart and outwork their lives for the glory of God our Father. As we just look lastly at a future and we look at Mary's words as she says this, His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. 
I love this. I love the fact that I have a future because of Jesus, but I love it even more that my children have a future and their children have a future. I'm reminded of Proverbs. Uh, in the Proverbs, uh, Proverb number 6, verse 22, and it says this, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. We get to help shape the future generation. There is a massive, a massive body of research that has been done over the last, I don't know, 10, 20 years about this in the psychological field called the family of origin. And as a pastor, I come across it so many times where so many people are bound to their family of origin, to the, the fallibilities, to the insecurities, to the behavior traits of family past. The beauty is when we come to know Jesus, this Christ event, this Christmas, what that allows us, the story it allows us to enter into is that we get to swap our family of origin. We read this in John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. It teaches us, Yet to all who did receive Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. You see, we get to, when we put our trust in Jesus Christ because of what He's done, we get to change our family of origin. We are born again, the Scriptures talk about. The Spirit of God comes to lead us into a greater future, into a greater hope. This is the story that becomes ours. Too often, these family issues that we get to pastor uh, people through is, is because adults haven't trained their children in the way that they should go. There are many who have professed Christianity, but haven't followed in Jesus' ways. There are many who have professed the love of Christ, but not had a commitment to His bride, to His community, and then they grow up and they wonder why their children don't love the church, don't want to be on mission, don't want to join in the Matthew 28 commission of making disciples of all the earth, because that's not the story these children were invited into by their parents. We get to shape so many of the next generation's stories. We get to rewrite. We get to be a part of this. From generation to generation, they shall call me blessed. They shall call us blessed. This is our story. This is the gospel. Today, we can make a decision which affects our from now on. That decision might not be for you trusting in Jesus for the finished work of the cross for the first time. Maybe you've already done that. And if you haven't, I'm going to give you an opportunity in just a minute. But even if you have made that decision, maybe it may mean for you now how to take hold of the purposes of Jesus for your life, how to train your children in the way they should go, how you should choose a marriage partner, how you should steward your finances. These are all things that the Spirit of God is able to come to impart to us, to be with us, to give us the wisdom of heaven. This is the wonder. This is the future this is the hope that we carry because of the Christmas story. There are two gifts we received the Christmas Jesus was born. First, the gift of a Savior to step in on our behalf. As Rourke steps in on Jed's behalf so that Jed does not have to suffer the wrath of his father on earth. So Jesus steps in as a Savior so that we do not have to experience the wrath of our Father. We are forgiven of our sins because of the work of our older brother, Jesus Christ, the one who has gone before us, the one who has paid the price. That is the first gift we received on Christmas, 
that the first Christmas that Jesus was born. The second gift was the promise of the Spirit of God to come. That as Jesus went to be with His Father, He would not leave us as orphans. He would not leave us alone. But the Spirit of God would come to lead us into our futures. And so we've got a decision today. We have a decision to say, we're going to continue to live in the then or from now on. The wonder of the cross. The wonder of the Christ life. The hope, the future that we have because of Jesus. And this is the decision I want to invite you into. It's the story I want to invite you into and the decision that you need to make today. If you have never made a decision for Jesus, may I urge you to step into the story of Jesus. Step into the family. Be born again. That your family of origin, your earthly family, with its insecurities and its fallibilities and its pains, that that may be rewritten because of Jesus Christ. Take that decision. And if you've already made that decision, may I urge you to step into the life that Christ has for you. A life with God, as we read in the very beginning. It is for, it is for this that He died, that you may have a life with our Father in heaven. An eternal hope, secure, a great future. Make a decision today, not just to accept Jesus as Savior, but also as Lord by the Spirit of God following His leadings. And so if you want to make a decision for Jesus today, may I encourage you, if you are watching on anthemchurch.tv, there is a little icon that's going to come up that's going to say, today I commit my life to Christ. Would you please tap that so that you can encourage the rest of us in the communities that we can know that? And may I then ask you to email us at info at anthem.org.za, info at anthem.org.za, to let us know that you made that decision because we want to help you carry on, take your next step, a step towards community, a step towards family, a step into the born-again life that we get in Jesus. But it starts with a decision for Him and saying that actually I need to turn my life, I need to turn it over to Jesus Christ. I need my then to become a from now on story. And so would you pray with me if that is the decision that you are making today? Jesus, we thank you for your death and your resurrection. We thank you that you stepped in on our behalf in order that our sin may be covered over and forgiven by our Father in heaven. You did that in order that we may have a life, a future, a hope, an eternal reality with God our Father. And so in this moment, I turn my life over to you and I say, forgive me for my sin. And would you, Spirit of God, lead me to life forevermore that is found through the saving work of Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to thank you for praying that prayer. If you did that, please do get hold of us. And for the rest of us, may I encourage you to celebrate this Christmas. Recapture the wonder of the Christ event, the Christ coming to earth in order that we may find a future and a hope and stand in wonder of this incredible Savior. May God bless you as you carry on into this Christmas season. Thank you so much for tuning in to engage in this. And may we continue to press you toward community. Get hold of us. We have online life groups, and we would love to get to know you and help you in your story. So don't be a stranger. Let us know who you are. Tune in with us week in and week out, and get hold of us at the church office. God bless you.